0: This is Limitless Possibility. I'm Yannick Magnet. And I'm Luc Olivier meble And our topic this week is
1: Stewardship of a Developer Community. Oh. Uh,
0: but first, I have some follow-up. Uh, first of all, I do want to remind everyone that next episode is going to be our Final Fantasy VII episode. So if you haven't listened to the past four episodes reminders. Hello. You to play the game. Hello. This is your last chance. <laughs>
1: exactly that's a that's a good reminder for me hello hello
0: i I finished the midgar (laughs) section of the game um last week it took me seven hours 27 minutes there are not that many hours left until our next episode so i would like it if you could fit those hours in somehow
1: oh yeah you know i'm sure i'll be able i'm sure i'll be able.
0: famous Uh, last words
1: yes Hey, you know maybe the last two days before like in no yeah let's say maybe in like 10 days i'll just start like smashing through the game and spending all my my uh free time playing the game and then just uh, power through it in two three days but i'm um, planning maybe to even start doing it tonight after we finish recording so
0: did you have this week off no
1: come on i'm not the lucky bastard as you are
0: <laughs> okay fair enough um but yeah so we're going to be talking about the Midgar section of final fantasy 7 as you no doubt know by now so uh if you haven't started playing get on that and we will talk about that next week. Uh, moving onwards with the follow-up. Uh, I have some follow-up for episode 71, which was about oddball iOS versions. Because Ooh. last week, Apple released updates for iOS 5, iOS 9, and iOS 10. Uh, For devices that are too old to use iOS 12, so iOS 5.3, 9.3.6, and 10.3.4 were released last week to issue a bug fix that would cause incorrect GPS locations starting in November of this year. So they're getting it out a couple months ahead of time, Uh, otherwise people with older devices who rely on them for GPS locations would be probably on the other side of the planet for all I know. So <laughs> it's nice to see uh, Apple actually releasing one of these because I don't think anyone was actually expecting older devices to see uh, this kind of update anytime soon.
1: From one, I I don't didn't really understand what was the purpose of this or what was the issue with the GPS because it seems that it is a bug affecting all GPS devices. But for most manufacturers, this bug happened maybe in, if I'm not understood, in April. There was, I think it's something about like, the wait time is saved or and stuff like that so oh well but uh, if you have uh, an ipad 2 or an ipad 1 now you can update and make sure to keep uh, some proper gps signal or something like that
0: yep next up i have some brief follow-up about episode 109 uh, which was our smart home guide uh, on that episode or maybe I think it was a couple episodes earlier than that I don't quite remember uh, I talked about one of my problems with the Amazon home assistance uh, routine system which I said it would be really cool if you could program routines to dismiss uh, to dispatch automatically whenever you dismiss an alarm and that feature was added to the Alexa app recently uh, so now I can do this and actually not have to hard code the times in for each of my alarms i can just have one trigger that says if an alarm goes off in the morning do this uh and it is much cleaner to have the same behavior every day of the week instead of having to make a different routine for each day of the week Um, and we're probably going to have a bunch of other really interesting home automation stuff uh later in the year when uh, ios 13 is coming out so tease for that
1: I do have a related note. Um, and during the uh, Amazon Prime Days, I bought three new Philips U uh, so that they could fit the uh, my uh, IKEA lamp, which has a uh, three uh, three socket on it, and it's the uh, E12 socket. And for the first time ever, uh, I ran into an issue with one of them. Uh, so. First of all, like, Philips, I'm still on the old bridge and I kind of have a problem with Philips these days. They kind of like downgraded the old bridge to a different app and it seems that a lot of functionality went away because of it but i'm not sure if it's because it went away or it uh just more or less like hidden in different ui it's kind of unclear uh but more or less what i was doing is still there uh there's a lot of people complaining and on top of that for the first time ever uh one of the bulbs i received was Broken. It like kind oh. of worked for two weeks, and uh, so I'm in the process to exchange it with Amazon. Which it uh, it seems like the process with Amazon seems fine. But uh, that was a fair notice. Even if uh, Philips U is well known, it seems that uh, sometimes your mileage may vary. And also, I strongly suggest that uh, you buy the bridge new and not get the cheap uh, the cheap one on Amazon if you hope to have uh, home kit support. Because uh, since I bought my setup a couple of years ago, uh, they did release an hardware upgrade to the bridge that because i'm pissed i don't want to buy it but uh, tony is uh tony is asking me oh when are you really set up reset your imac so we can use it through uh, Ankit kit <laughs> and i can ask siri so uh, i am looking in the next few weeks to uh buying uh, a new bridge now that also we bought those three more uh three more uh sets um not set but uh, three more uh bulbs i don't know why bulbs yes i don't know why. i was looking for the word so but since i bought those three bulbs uh it means that most of our bulbs in the living room are smart so uh, i won't be really nice to uh go back to that and there's some automation that i missed from home that i was doing that i feel it is more reliable with the home kit setup compared to the uh, philips U, uh default app so i'll keep you posted on that
0: my last item of follow-up is about episode 117, the last episode uh, with regards to the bus network because literally the day after we recorded <laughs> the episode, I discovered there is a completely transfer free route to and from work and the reason I figured it out is actually all of the information that was needed for me to piece together the existence of this route was said in the last episode. So um, I did mention that uh, one of the routes that was recommended to me within the app was to take, uh, either the five or the 25 or the 13 from the, um, from the downtown terminal and then switch onto the six. And later in that episode, I also said, Oh, but the five turns into the six at the university, which means it's not a real transfer. It's just I stay on the same bus. And it took me a while to for that to click and then say, Oh, so if I just took the five and then stayed on it, I would get to my work just fine every single day. And it turns out that there is a stop right, right by my house. Uh, I actually just have to go in the opposite direction from where I was going before and wait in front of our old high school, uh, and I just take the bus there and I have an uninterrupted 30 minute bus ride to my work. Uh, So works great. There's no chance of fucking it up. It works in both directions. Sometimes when you're actually doing the query in real time, it doesn't actually show up as a valid route because of things I mentioned on the last episode where the GPS tracking is kind of wonky. Or the other thing is the bus stop nearest to my house is glitched. And only appears as being active starting at 7.55pm, even though it is active all day long. Uh, So that also reduces the availability of that route in the app. So a lot of factors coming into play for why I didn't realize this much sooner. Uh, But now my commute is much simpler. Uh, It gives me more uninterrupted spans of time to play video games on my 3DS and on my Vita, which is great because I love that. Um, So... Everything is fine now. Well, at least it seems to be fine. Uh I took the bus a couple other places throughout the week, and things seem to be running much more on time than they used to be. So I think drivers have gotten used to everything, and uh it's working great right now. So I'm really happy about that. Um, and I guess the next big test is going to be when back to school starts, because who knows what's going to happen then. Which should be in about three weeks. Oh god, that's coming up so soon. Oh yes. I feel like I just finally got reliably to work and now it's already going to be all fucked up. Anyway, uh, you had stuff to say about Dr. Mario World. I had,
1: I have some stuff to say about Dr. Mario, but I have one uh, quick element before that. And it's about episode 112, where I gave my thoughts about this year's Nort. And if you may recall, during this episode, I mentioned specific presentation that I greatly enjoyed. And luckily for you, one of them that I mentioned is now released on YouTube. And it is the Easter Egg presentation given by uh, James Thompson. Uh, he did it, I think a couple, of, I think it's some, um, look at the dates here. It's, um, one, well, no, it was in April. So it's two months after because he, well, he gave it in uh, early July at the event called Hacking with Swift Live 2019. And a funny note regarding that is a bit like what Yannick just described about his experience with, uh, the bus network that showed up on my Twitter feed the next day after mm-hmm. we record. So. It was like uh, we. I went. I we record. I went to bed. The next morning, I wake up, look at my tweets. Boom! There was this quoted t- tweet by James, and I will put it in the show notes because I. You should strongly consider this follow up element as a recommendation to watch this presentation because it is really, really good. Uh, I am sorry in advance if you are like myself, a developer, and you want to add Easter eggs to your programs and to your applications. Uh, it's kind of sorry, not sorry here, but yeah, I'm sure you'll enjoy it greatly. Like any mentioned, uh, also, I want to talk a bit about Dr. Mario World, which is a game that we entered a bit, that is its release was incoming, and it has been finally released. So Dr. Mario World is the typical Dr. Mario with the more or less free-to-play twist. Um I think any of you played the game maybe five or ten minutes and then realized that you didn't, didn't really liked it.
0: I had a feeling from watching the trailer I wasn't going to like it. And then I got like halfway through the tutorial and I was like, no, this is fucking boring. And I uninstalled it. So that's my review. <laughs> Wow.
1: Okay, so I went through the tutorial myself and quite liked it. Uh, of course, as a big fan of the original Dr. Mario and yes, uh, this is a bit different. Uh, I think you, the comment you made offline while we were talking about this was that it reminded you of all those, uh, like Candy Crush free-to-play ga- type of games. Um, and yes, you are correct. That is a fair assessment of it. That I feel that the game would be better. Uh, without all of that, but I guess this can apply to a lot of free to play games. So in general, I really like the game. Uh, there's two main downsides to it. Uh, I'd say three. Uh, so the first one, free to play. Of course, they want you to spend shit ton of money on the game. So everything is like kind of hijacked because of it. Uh, the other thing is it kills your battery when you play with it. And I guess the main reason why is because it requires an internet connection. And of course, every time Nintendo relays uh, a game that requires an internet connection, the servers are not great, are not really happy these days. Um, also, it's the time where I usually play on my ride, uh, from and to work. Um, and now we recently, uh, have, uh, network access in the subway up to my station. So that's nice. So also I run into some, uh, internet connection issues there. But in general, uh, what I've seen in the morning, uh, is that I would lose at least 10 to 50% of battery life for playing maybe 20, 25 minutes. So that's a quite big hit on my battery in the morning and if you put on top of that, that in the morning I listen to a lot of overcast using the speakerphone phone uh, I like in the two hours after i remove my phone from the charger it is like at already at like 75 or 80 percent battery life remaining so while it is a great game yeah uh, it's not the best game to play while uh, on a day that you will require to use your phone a lot and that you might be away from your charger for a long time because mm. as you can see right now my phone is at like 25 percent and for uh, not even two year old uh, iPhone X that is quite low and I played a lot of Dr. Mario on my way also on my way back from work uh, tonight
0: so what you're saying is instead of playing Final Fantasy 7 on your commute you're playing Dr. Mario World
1: (laughs) I will neither confirm nor deny this statement Uh uh-huh Uh huh. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel that maybe, like, I, I wanted to play it a bit and then now maybe transition to that game. I would, the YouTube talk I did recently is also installed on my iPad. So I might be playing it on the iPad a lot during, during my weekends and during the weekends and all that stuff. So I'm eager to see if the save game transfer correctly over iCloud, which I expect it won't because those games really do that, even if they say they do so.
0: I think the Square stuff usually works out as long as you're not on a the beta and as long as you're not playing a game that has been removed from the app store.
1: Okay, fair point. But uh, So that's my general uh, opinion about uh, Dr. Meyerwald uh, and I think it's a good game. Um, but yeah, m- make sure that you are uh, you have internet connection and that uh, you are plugged in to the charger because those are two, the main two downsides of the game, ignoring the fact that it's a free to play game.
0: Cool. Are we ready to move on to your main topic?
1: I think we are. So like I said in the introduction, uh, tonight I'll be talking about my general experience of being the steward of a developer community. Or more or less what I mean by that is organizing the Montreal chapter of Cocoads. and it was aptly named CocoaEdge Montreal. So the The year for Eds more or less ends in June, and knowing that we take the summer off, I do feel that every summer is always a good time to reflect on the past year, and also what's coming for the next year, which will also be my fourth year in the organization of the Montreal chapter. So tonight I decided to kind of take this uh, opportunity to gather my thoughts, see what went well this year, what I would like to modify, also Kind of explain what it entails to organize a Montreal a Cocoa Heads chapter. It also explains what is Heads. and then uh really put that into an episode that you'll be uh listening to now. So I will be covering what is Heads. how do I run the Montreal chapter, uh more or less what I like and dislike uh organizing such events and also what is what I see myself doing in the future for uh, Cocoa Ads in Montreal. So let's start with the first part. What is Cocoa Ads? And I would, I will kindly borrow these quotes from the cocoeds.org website to explain to you what CocoaEds is. So CocoaEds is a group devoted to discussion of Apple's computer Cocoa and Cocoa Touch framework for programming on macOS 10 and iOS. During monthly meetings, member present on their project and offer tutorial on various programming topics. What I like about this quote, first of all, is the way it is written shows that that was being written like. At least 10 years ago, like <laughs> macOS 10 and then the Cocoa Touch framework. Like, I know Cocoa Touch is Cocoa Touch, but uh, it's rare these days where, uh, where people refer to UI kit as Cocoa Touch. So that really made me really laugh when I went to see some, uh, gather some information on the uh website. But as you can gather from this description, the general idea is for a local committee of developers to meet once a month. And in general, what happens during that gathering is people network, people meet, but also there's presentation on, and then people from the community will present on specific topics or either a project they've been working on to said group. I like to compare that to more or less having a mini-conference every month driven by the iOS and Mac community for the Mac and iOS community in your said uh, location. In CocoaHeads, the name and the branding and the idea has been kind of a, around for a long time. Uh From what I can gather on uh, the org website, they kind of like started to, to do that and it was unclear which one was the first chapter, uh but it is kind of clear that it started in the US and it started around the year 2000. So it's a long time since CoCoEd as uh, a worldwide group exists and it's funny to know because the Mon- the, the Canadian chapter the Toronto, excuse me, the Toronto chapter was the first one in Canada but also the first international CoCoEd uh chapter and it is funny because it's just by its name, the Toronto group, uh, shows its age because it is called the Toronto Area Cocoa and Web Objects Developer, nice. Developer Group. Or it might, if you know it already, you might know it by its nickname Taco, which is more or less T-A-C-O-N-W for the Toronto Area, CO for Cocoa and then Web Objects. Um. So I'll refer to it um a little bit more in the, in the following in the rest of the episode by just saying Taco because I don't want to say Toronto ARIA, Cocoa Cocoaheads and Web Object Developer Group, but it is like I said, it is the first international Cocoaheads group that was created outside of the first few ones that, if I recall correctly, were in the U.S. and it started in two thousand six and it's still alive to this day. Sadly, uh, for the fair few occasion that was in Toronto, uh, it was never. F- really fitting with their schedules i never really uh attended it but of course um, maybe the next time i go to toronto i really like to go see because i've heard from uh montrealers that uh, went to toronto for business trips or for vacation that uh this is a well-run event and that is something i like to do to, to do if it works uh, to just go see what other cocohead chapter do uh to run like what they do special or what they do a bit different uh in their day-to-day events so, like I said, Coqueds as a concept is a worldwide concept. You will see that there's chapters all around the globe. So, I would strongly suggest to you that if you're, uh, I would say, of course, if you're an iOS developer, you might not already know because I'll see throughout the months that uh, some people discover the Coquets chapter and they're like, "Oh, I never knew Coquets existed as kind of a developer community." Uh, but if you're an iOS developer on a trip and you have maybe free time off from your significant other or your family obligation, I strongly suggest that you look if, uh, to see if the place you're looking, going for, uh, going to as a chapter. And the, uh, cocoaheads.org website is a good first place to look at. And also you'll be surprised at a lot of places around the world as, uh, local communities that has been driven and well run for multiple years and of course in the past few years a lot of it has been driven with the adoption of ios um but as it's it's so we mentioned cocoads was restarted even by mac developers so you might you might see that some of those organizations are still run by your fellow and uh beloved mac developers that are still working on the mac to this day
0: yeah it's funny um speaking on the notion of international groups it feels like these groups are really kind of popular in japan like not specifically the the coco heads groups but like in general programming user groups developer groups and stuff that meet up regularly like every week or every month uh i see a lot of tweets go by regularly for those like there's a monthly NetBSD meetup i think there's a weekly android meetup like there's a lot of these things and In Japan, they're basically huge. If you're a developer, you pretty much show up to these like religiously.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've seen, and it's funny because I I think I'll come back into the more kind of my um, like thinking of what's happening with the event is I see waves of people. Like, I'd say for a year, I'll see. More or less similar faces and then they'll sadly disappear. And then a new wave of new people that will be more freaking will just show up in the next few events. And I see that there's a lot of that. There's a lot of new people, but at the same time, there's like old timers that still be there. Um, and I feel that even if we change the formula, which I'll be explaining soon, um, uh, I feel that there's always like a common, like it's still like the word of mouth is still helpful for um, making um, those events well known. So now that I've been kind of describing what is Cocoa Ads, so it, like I said, it's a it's a an event where devs, mainly iOS and Mac devs, just meet up and then talk about what's happening up in the Apple news or really discussing also uh, a, like technical aspect. Uh, I want to go through the Montreal Chapters history uh, because from what I gathered throughout the years. Uh, the history of it is not well documented on the web, so I kind of using this opportunity of of the podcast to also kind of document it too. So what I gather from multiple people and from all the information of hosting the event throughout the years, the if the chapter in Montreal was created in the fall of uh, 2011. Uh, the last record on my side, and if you go to the current uh, Coqueds Montreal website at uh you'll see that uh, I have all the, not all, but most of the slides that were presented by the uh, presenters, and what was the title of their uh, presentation up until November 2011. Also, um, from different stories, uh, I would say that not... I kind of forgot, but there's different stories on who really officially started, uh, the, the group in Montreal. So since I am a kind and I don't want to upset anybody, <laughs> I'll include all the names I heard. So. As far as I understand, it was not started by those four people, but I know those four people were really involved in the first six months. So uh, the first person is Luc Vanal from Edovia Software, or you might also know him from the Screen VNC app on iOS and the Mac. Uh, The second person is Sam Vermette, CEO and founder of Transit App that you might all be using to go and back from work. Uh, Guillaume Campagna, who's also at Transit as the CTO. And last but not least, uh, Olivier Collette is an iOS developer at the company Unsplash that you may know for uh, their f- beautiful photography. Um, hopefully, I didn't forget anyone. But when I started to attend the event, uh, when I moved to Montreal in November 2013, at that time, the official organizer were Sam Vermette and Olivier Collette. So, after a couple of months, uh, uh after this November 2013, when I moved to Montreal, uh this duo decided to move to other projects and step down. Which, more or less, gives a couple of months, came, brings us to September 2015, when uh my good friend, and uh, my good friend Romain Pouclet and I decided to join uh the only organizer at the time, uh Francoville. And that's really at the time where um, in 2015 the event was more or less run the same way um, we were holding it at a bar downtown called mckibbins irish pub um, it was always on tuesday's night uh no excuse me it was the second tuesday of the month and because we were new at organizing it frank was doing it for i think the last year or so when uh the uh when Sam and Lvie decided to step down, we kinda of decided to do a big change. Uh people that have been all timer at this point will start to say like, hey, it's nice to go to the pub because like we get food, it's easy like yeah, because it's the event is like uh during dinner time, but you know, we, we would like to see something new. And this idea was kind of um always in our mind when we're discussing it and one of the big change we did to the event was to not change the way it is run, but where it is located, we more or less decided to take the event on a Montreal tour. So, starting April 2016, we decided to move the event to iOS businesses uh, businesses around the city. So, more or less, uh, every every month, or we'll say we we'll maybe stay like a, at one place for a month or two. But the idea is we want to move the monthly meeting from enterprises to enterprises. To show to the iOS and Mac developer community on Montreal, all the diverse businesses that do work in that, uh, in that the department. Like, we want to show them, we want to bring them to, uh, to the places where in the Montreal market, they could work on iOS and Mac technologies. So it is, I, we do feel that it, it was a win win situation where it was a win for us because we were something, giving something different to our community because they kind of asked for it. And also it was a win situation for those enterprises because they were bringing in, uh, iOS and Mac, and mainly iOS developers in house to see what they were offering, uh, for that. So since, uh, April 2016, that's more or less the formula we have. So we still meet. Once a month, we also change the day. So it's the third Thursday. No, it's the third Thursday
0: of the month. I think that's right.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm bad if I forgot already. I think I should not, I should stop my uh, uh, vacation of the organization uh, and then go back to it. But yeah, that sounds more or less about right. Uh, third Thursday of the month. Um, so we moved it from, uh, Tuesday to Thursday. I think if I recall correctly, the, the Thursday date is kind of the proposed date for typical Cocohead's event. I do know that the uh, Ottawa chapter is on a Thursday too. Uh, it is run by my friend and colleague Philippe Casgrain. So, and I think it's a common uh, thing that uh, Cocohead's event are run on Thursday. So, by bringing it back to that, we can going back in line. But uh, more, uh, we did it not to do to be back in line, but more to just do something different. Uh, last but not least, since the last fall, so since fall 2018, I sadly lost both my co-organizers. Uh, one of them wanted to go to uh, new projects and the other one moved to Vancouver. So since then, I've been running the chapter alone. And that's kind of why I wanted to do this episode, because yes, it, next September will be my fourth year helping in the organization, but also I kind of want to self-reflect on what happened in the last year so speaking of what happened in the last year i kind of decided they divided it in three things uh the typical the good i decided to name it the good the bad and the future so let's start with the good and the good is kind of the easy section because like if there was nothing good to do i will still continue doing the organization of it and there's two drive main driving factors that keeps me organizing this event and there are integral to make those events successful the people and i call it the presentation but the involvement of people so what makes those events successful is that there's always people show up every month it's fun to meet people see what they're up to whether it is professionally or personally because after meeting them every month you bond with each other you also meet new people that is not like people from work which I there's nothing bad with that but more it's good to also have a social network outside of work and or outside of school for example um so it is really it is really good to have a uh, a good mix of time in the event and that's something I try to uh bal- to strike the balance is to make sure that throughout our events we have at least two presentation that are about my general idea to say like we say Fifteen to thirty minutes each. Uh, I've seen people that wanted more time. I've seen people that uh, didn't mention they wanted more time and took the time, which is <laughs> always okay. But the main reason why we say two to three, uh, and if it's three, we really want them to be. I really want them to be thirty minute maximum. It is really because. I, I am aware that a lot of people have family and they're taking time away from them to come to those events to meet other developers and have fun with other developers. So they have a limited range and our events tends to run from six to nine. Um, so it is important for A to, for uh, A to have food because it's during dinner time and B, uh, I really want to strike the best balance between giving content to people attending but also making sure that they can enjoy the networking and social aspect of the event so more or less what we do throughout the event nice like people start from 6 to six thirty. they we i have a couple of uh, opening words we do the first presentation then there's maybe a 15 20 minute break the second presentation 15 minute break and then you more or less end up around like 8:30 8:30 to 9, uh depending if you have two or three presentations per night. Uh, per night, and it gives us a great mix between those two elements. Another point is, I part of the presentation is I really love to learn, and that's less about the event itself, but more about what's happening during the event. I really love to learn how people work or develop their iOS apps, whether it is an architecture challenge or trying a new technology or like here's what i did wrong on this project here's my learning like people sharing their experience with the greater community is a amazing aspect of cocoads and the 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 ideology behind the cocoads movement um, and I know it's not only behind Cocoaids itself because uh, I've attended throughout my university time at different types of meetups, whether uh, they were like more generally focused or because when I went to Quebec City, the iOS community was less present. They were more web-oriented. Like, I love that in those types of event, whether it's Cocoaids or others, that there's kind of, there's a, not an assumption, but there's a sentiment of, People are there to just share knowledge and make sure that, like, even if you are maybe more of a junior developer, that you don't feel alone. That you are there to talk with other, ask questions, or like just yeah, ask questions or just learn. And even if you're a senior or like an architect type of uh, developer, like, it's still something there to share or even to learn. And that is amazing, and that's always something I try to keep uh, to make sure that. The presentation that are shown to people are either because people really want to share or they want to maybe start doing presentation at conferences. So I've seen, uh, past presenters just do a demo, like a dry run of their presentation to the iOS Mont- the, the Montreal community, which that I love so much because they practice to be there at the, pre- uh, the conference and People receive conference quality presentation. I shouldn't say for free, but yes, for free. But at the same time, like, they receive great content. And that what's, that is what makes me love organizing those events because I really want Montreal and our development committee to have a chapter of iOS for iOS and Mac developers to just be there, enjoy seeing other iOS and Mac nerds too, because let's be honest. Not all of us, I don't want to make a generation, but a lot of us are also big Apple nerds and Apple fans. Uh, so there's always a lot of discussion around like September. Uh, when we come back, also we come back from the three months hiatus for the summer vacation. Uh, it's also. A week or two after the September typical September events, or we could talk back again about oh what happened at Dub Dub when we last met in June. So it's it's a well like it's a really well like, uh, really run table because. You make sure that you end in June. We end a couple of days, like our event is typically a couple of days after WWDC. So people end up like, Oh my God, everybody's excited about what happens and being announced in WWDC. We take, uh, we take three months off from June to September. Then in September, people are talking about, Oh, what did they do during the summer? Whether it's like vacation or Oh my God, I needed to implement this new functionality because of iOS 13, let's say. Uh And now the new iPhone is out with the new uh functionality I need to add to my app. So it's really a good mix of conversation when we come back. And then that lasts throughout the year, and then the cycle goes back again.
0: No shortage of people with which to speculate about John Syracuse's monitor choices.
1: That too, that too. <laughs> but you'll be surprised at, at sometimes at the, not at the not level, but at the um, maybe level of people not listening what we would consider typical Apple podcasts.
0: Oh yeah, there are, there are a lot of people out there who don't listen to any podcasts, which is shocking because it seems like a lot of the best analysis in the Apple community is coming from podcasts, but there you go.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying they're not listening to podcasts. Yes, it could be that, but also that they might be listening to different podcasts that are about still the iOS community, but then you're like, oh, you don't listen to ATP? Oh, my God. What? You Mm -hmm. haven't listened to Edge Cases?
0: What a casual.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That would be you if you were to come to Cocoaheads. like, who else here is still listening to Edge Cases and Crickets? (laughs) It hasn't aired in
0: three years, but I listen to every year. I wonder if the site's back up. And go check. Oh,
1: yeah, you should check. Okay. Um uh, maybe do you want to share maybe some I uh, I know in Troavia there's not that much of a dev community. Uh I know you have attended a couple of, of conferences, a couple of dev events. Anything you want to share about like what you liked, um we can keep the dislike later because I'll talk about the bad section, but maybe what of the highlights of some of the events you attended?
0: Uh I only really attended Google IO as far as I know. Oh, unless okay. Unless I'm forgetting something. Um I
1: I'm not saying that because I had um an event in mind. I'm just kind of uh letting you talk a bit.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh hmm. So recently came to my attention that there is actually a web developer meetup in Tokyo, However, I have zero interest in actually going there. So Oh, huh,
1: that's interesting.
0: Is it really? It's not uh, I think like hmm <laughs> How do I say this in a diplomatic way
1: oh my goodness oh my goodness why did i ask you something oh yeah yeah
0: no it i think it's something specifically with me and web development community in particular that i need to work out it's really weird because like one of the great things about web development is there's a million different ways to go about it and what i feel especially from like presenters at events and those kinds of things is there is a very strong belief that everyone is doing things in the best possible way imaginable. And if you're not doing it that way, you're doing it wrong, but everyone has a different method and everyone believes that their thing is the shit. I kind of can't stand that kind of attitude when it's happening. So I would rather just not engage with that. If I can get away with it, like I I think there's a difference With, um, because like this meetup is specific to web development in general. I think if we had, let's say Trois Rivières Ruby meetup, which probably wouldn't exist because I don't know any shops in town that are using Ruby
1: because it will be you doing the meetup and that's it.
0: Yeah. I would just show up to my own apartment and I would be like (laughs) the same as usual. Um, like I know how the Ruby community is. So I would have a good idea of like what to expect and that I would have. People I would get along with there, whereas like web dev in general it it feels like rolling the dice, and I don't want to take that chance at all because more often than not you get a bad dice roll, and it's not worth it
1: again, to see what you mean here um, when I was in Quebec, uh, there used to be a kind of a more general development community and uh, event uh, and in general, I was running around typical web development topics i know it was a bit on ruby because if i recall correctly it was uh, organized by some of the i don't i'm sure they're still i'm not sure if they're still at Mirigo but at that time in 2011 they were still at Mirigo. Uh so it was organized by some of the uh, Mirego people the event used to be uh, used to be called uh, open code and I think it stopped a couple of years back, uh, uh, I think in 2014, something like that, but uh, it ran for a long time. But in general, even if they tied it, they said it was like an, a meetup for developers because of the people organizing it, it like, always kind of add this. Oh, we're using Ruby. So that's why a lot of people like, they were bringing a lot of friends. So I kind of see where you, excuse me, what you're saying here, saying like, Hey, like if it's too vague, then. It will still end up being like focused on something by the people attending it and it will kind of transform itself into one of those events. And I feel that because I am not running one of those types of events, I have not encountered this yet. And I'm happy because I could see why it could become a challenge. I wouldn't say a problem, but it could become a challenge to make sure that, um, the events more or less stays true to itself because people they kind of go to it expecting that they will see iOS stuff. Uh, I think a good example which will bring me to uh, the next section um, which I remember a month where we used to have, uh, I think we had two presentations and they were about all like I think one was about Firebase and the other one was about Parse which are those like, kind of, not serverless but those like full server solution for mobile development and while it was interesting to learn about this, um, at the same time, it's good for iOS developers to know, but it is not an iOS. It's not a web development meaning. So th- those are the hard trade-offs to make, uh, sometimes when you're organizing those events, because, uh, this brings me to my kind of bad section. Uh, and here I'm saying bad just to be kind of clickbaity. If you can <laughs> do that in a podcast, but, uh, more or less it's like, there's nothing bad about what I organize. It's more like there's those challenges around organizing those events and you need to be aware of them if you would like either to help somebody like me organize those or just start your own chapter in your own city. And this discussion that you just bring up, Yannick, it kind of goes to that is one of the main issues or main challenges is more or less getting people involved. While I love those events, while I love meeting people I am lazy. You are lazy. We're all more or less lazy at some different level. And you need to kind of keep going. It And like a lot of, if you talk to a lot of people doing podcasts, a lot of podcasters, the first thing they'll tell you is be consistent. The same thing applies to an event like this. Be consistent. For people to be involved, you need to show up every third Thursday of the month on the schedule you say. We say that on like we, in theory, shouldn't take a break during the summer, but uh, throughout the years we decided we saw, so saw that people, like our attendance will go really down during the summer uh, because people are away. Um, so we, we kind of didn't see the cost benefit ratio to, of doing that. Uh, but making sure that people are involved is the hardest part of doing such event. Uh, and, while I like our new format of moving from places to places, that added a new challenge. Because let's be honest, um, on Thursday, on Tuesday night in a bar downtown, let's say there's not that much people going to bars on a Tuesday night. Um, so it was quite easy to just give them the schedule, say these days, these days, these days, these dates, We'll be there, we'll bring you customers so it was quite easy for that so it was removing a challenge by changing the formula we added a challenge while giving us more benefits but i still need to prepare all of those locations i need to find those businesses that are willing to more or less sponsor us with a hosting us and then providing food and drinks uh to people attending which there's a cost for them um You can say that the cost is, uh, could be recouped quite easily with like HR, like, or marketing stuff. I agree. Uh, but we still need to find location and enterprises that are open-minded to that. Are they, did they see that as a benefits for them? Um, and I think in the past two or three years, I feel that in some moments, in some years that it was harder, uh, of course, um, in some cases, like last year when I started to be, when I, the first few months I was alone, like I asked at work, can we do it for the next three months at work? And that helped me greatly mm-hmm. uh, because then I could focus on motivating people. Sometimes people, what they need is just like, Hey, you kind of told me, remember like two months ago while you had maybe a beer too much at that event that you say, Hey, I had an idea. You need to be there when people say, I have an idea of a presentation to make. Remind them, take notes. It sounds a bit weird and, dare I say, a bit creepy, but it takes a lot of your time to just be there and say, hey, remember when we discussed uh, last month? Like, do you think you'll be ready this month or next month? Like, I could book you already. Like, Just put, not bad pressure, but just a sentiment of like, hey, I listened to you. I'm here, like, I'm listening to you, like, I, I feel that you could help me, help me help you, more or less. And that is more or less the big challenge. I don't, I don't think I have too much challenges, because of course, if I had too much challenges, uh, if also the cost of, like, just doing that, like, for my own sanity, if it's all full of challenges, I wouldn't still do it, more or less. Um, but while preparing for Disciples, I was like, looking, as like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm done nothing since june maybe it's time for me to start looking and calling back some places and then sending emails uh to find locations for september because september surprisingly enough is coming soon even if i like summer and it's hot and i don't want to go back to winter uh, all of this is uh coming quite soon i don't
0: know i've heard a lot of people this week say i can't wait until winter comes back and i've been finally my time has come
1: (laughs) oh no no i can tell you even if it's fucking 40 these days uh, i will won't be the one saying uh winter come back because i complain even more you're so unpatriotic Yes, but i like on uh on weather but more or less like i feel that that is sometimes uh what i see is i feel that sometimes to people they come uh it's hard i shouldn't say that but i'll say it still sometimes it's also hard to say no to people when uh it's hard to say no to uh people that are saying hey i have a presentation but you kind of know that it might be a bit boring or
0: why did you have to reject my talk about writing registry files with the <laughs> ios ns dictionary api <laughs> i spent oh, yeah. all that time working on those slides
1: yes i know i know uh but no but like at the same time like i'll be honest i never send no to somebody and i am happy and i should touch wood that i won't have to do it but you know what? After some presentation, I was like, you know what? I, uh, it's like, it's good. I'm happy that you, uh, like, uh, that's why I, I won't say no, because I want to, like, those people are, some people are courageous enough. Like, they might be their first time presenting something in front of people. Mm-hmm. So I want to transform those challenges into opportunities for this because, because it might be the first time that they do, uh, that. I have two examples of that. Um, a colleague of mine and the last presenter, they did a lightning talk at uh, NSNode in April and then I just pinged them say, hey guys, um I saw that you did the lightning talk. Would you be willing to just maybe add more content or re- repurpose some of our content to transform it into a five-minute talk to maybe a 10, 15-minute talk? And then Bob, my colleague, did that and then it motivated somebody else that did that. And that person uh, did Transform his presentation at our last event in June. So by giving those opportunity to people and by making sure that to keep those people motivated and making sure that they do deliver to the community, it also builds the community even more. And that was this year's perfect example of somebody say, Hey, I saw Bob doing that last month. Can I do it too? Sure. So that's my biggest challenge It's just keeping people motivated making sure that they can contribute to the community and just making sure that uh, throughout our busy lives, they can just contribute a bit to, uh, to the community. I, a complete uh, other example is even if Frank decided to leave, uh, the organization, he's still like sending me shit ton of presentation. And I love that because I need those people that are uber motivated that those people, I don't need to ping them. They ping me. And you always need those. And that I like. And I want to transform more and more people in those people because after that, the events will just run more or less for free. And that's kind of one of my goal. because what I've realized in the last year, I have to do a lot since I'm alone, but I did plan a lot of uh, of events in advance. Like I said, booking Lightspeed for three months, even because it's easy because it's my own employer. But it helped me focus on making sure I have presentations for those three events. And also, I was already saying like in September, by the way, we're booked until November. I'm looking for January. I'm looking for February. And guess what? In about a month in October, we booked January, February, and March. Mm-hmm. So this year, I was super proud because it was one of our first year in the past, uh, one of the fir- rare few years where we had more or less, I think we had seven events out of eight possible months because we take, or nine possible months. Yes, because we stop in December also because December is a bit hard with like uh work parties for the holidays, family parties, all that stuff. So out of eight possible months, uh we skipped April. And as you may recall, we also skipped April last uh, uh for this podcast too because Yannick was, uh, I was on vacation and I forgot what he had in April.
0: I was doing the game jam
1: ah, yes,
0: yes, yes, yes,
1: so like that's also like that's a month where I was like completely busy with my personal life, and that's where I neglected. but if you look at our calendar, like seven events out of eight was like it's one rare occasion, so that I'm proud, and this brings up to uh what's coming in the future, and more or less, like I need to go back to what i've what went well this year and what went well this year is exactly the scheduling making sure that i'm ready in advance even if i might not be able to get again three months at work uh, i need to go back to my contact list and making sure I right, can you host is it possible uh all of that stuff another thing that i'm unsure and i will maybe open that to our listener and i have to reflect on that in the next few months but i don't feel that the event is plateaued but i feel that by attending different events that some of the other events are a bit bigger, and some of the people that I started to attend in the past year said, "Oh, I just discovered Coquets because a, 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 a like some an old timer that I know for years is and like told me about that thing because he switched job and then now he exposed new people." I feel that the event stayed of a certain size um for years and but we just like we lost people new people came some people that stopped coming because they like had kids for example started to come back but i feel that there's an opportunity for me to maybe try to expose this event to the wider montreal tech community i don't know how i'll be able to do that it might involve me spending more time to this so i have to see if i can uh because i might it might mean me attending other of those uh, other events in the tech community in montreal to then say hey we have cocoa so i all the ios developers if you do like ios web development like you might learn something interesting it might open your eyes on the native side of things or you might bring your own experience to the to a more like ios and mac native uh community and i hope that by doing that it will, like again, get more people. No Coke ads. Get more sponsor location, sponsoring opportunities. Get more mode of those people that are like they don't need motivation. They always there to like say, "Hey, I have something to to put in the talk bucket." When when is the next spot available? And hopefully make this uh, make the event run a bit smoother. And that's always kind of my goal is to make the event run a bit smoother every year. Uh, improve all the small stuff like and of course all of them are to the challenges of motivating people also on the fun stuff uh i want to kind of revamp the website so coco ads and a bit like this podcast is always an expense for me to try different stuff technically speaking uh like uh when we took ownership of uh of the thing like uh, when I started to be in the uh organization in twenty fifteen my job was to more or less manage a website um so now I'd manage the website the Twitter account and meet up and all the the planning but I started with just doing the website so for me it was a good opportunity to just do web development even if it was simple web development uh like I had to make sure that somewhat the website is somewhat responsive. It might not be, but like it's a good opportunity for that. So was also a good opportunity for Matt to have a side project that is in different tech and just explore different tech. Uh, Last but not least, uh, a a bit like uh, to improve the event exposure, I also want to improve the gender equality and minority representation. Like if you come to one of our events, you'll see it's a lot of Tech dudes uh there there might be like a, like it's easy to count there might be one or two women uh there might be you might not know but there might be one or two percent of uh of the minorities um so I want to make sure that. How I communicate about this event is in a way that is always open minded, that I don't make mistakes without realizing that my communication, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on a meetup page, um, that my event is not diminishing, uh, uh not improving that or is this, I don't want my event to be a cause of the gender inequality or the lack of representation of minorities in technology. So I'm always critical of others, but also I want to be critical of myself and the event I run to make sure that uh, I am not neglecting nor uh, ignoring people that should have a voice in tech That and make sure that they have a spot in my event to have a voice in tech. So uh, I'm always... Um, welcoming of critical opinion on stuff uh, i have a colleague that uh, she's attends and she's always saying hey i'm the like rare only woman uh, and she tells that to me a lot so um, like this makes me uh, reflect and also try to change some of the stuff and see how i can expose uh, those events uh, to a wider community so it kind of brings me to the end. Uh, that's kind of what I want to see the event coming in the future. Of course, I hope that it stays, uh, for the next few years. Uh, whether if it's with me, I think in the next few months, it will still be with me. I'm still, uh, I have a lot of motivation to keep doing it. Haven't but it been I
0: overthrown yet.
1: Hope- <laughs> overthrown. <laughs> why not? Uh, at this point, uh, why not for sure? I there's a lot of stuff to do and it was nice when we were three people on it. Now I'm alone. So I wouldn't, let's say I wouldn't mind an overthrown, but more I mean, what I mean by that is like, if you come try to overthrow me, just stay to help me, like, and then do better together. But uh, I see what you're trying to say here. Uh, but yeah, in general, what I'm, th- I hope that tonight I have, uh, showed you my passion for this event and that, uh, maybe I'll receive feedback about what, I uh, should improve and hopefully the most important thing is if you're in Montreal and it's the third Thursday of the month that we might come, you might come see, uh, to say, uh, come say hi at the event and then just join us and talk iOS development, Mac development, or just random shit about Apple. And that's it.
0: This is going to sound dumb, but do you think okay. the fact that the location changes semi-regularly do you think it increases the likelihood that people aren't going to follow along and keep going regularly because like oh where is it this week i didn't keep track and people just say oh fuck it i'm gonna go home or whatever instead of going out of their way to go there whereas when it was at the pub they could just like reliably go to the pub every time
1: um that is a fair point we do see that some more, so we have a couple of events that were a bit farther away from, let's say, downtown or uh, a bit harder to access with public transit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we did see uh, less attendance on those. So we're trying to, like, see how we can do that. Um, at the same time, yes, if I have somebody that want, if I, if your business wants to sponsor Eds for a year and make sure that the event are stable for a whole year, I would kindly say yes without a uh, blinking of an eye. I would like really jump on that occasion. And I'm sure it would greatly uh, help on that. But at the same time, I, I did see and I did receive other comments that people like this kind of like, tour, if you see what I mean, of like, mm-hmm. we go to one business, we go to the other. Uh, but yes, it, it, sometimes there are people are contact territory. They, they, they say that, but then say, like, oh, this place I didn't go because it was too far or because of timing, the farthest place was in middle of January when it was minus 40, so people don't want to go <laughs> out when it's minus 40. And we've, we've had events that uh, even if they were well um, located because it was minus 40, People don't want to go out. Makes so sense. attendance goes down too. But I would say in general I have a good average of thirty to four forty people. Of course I've seen months where it may be more like twenty. But I would say in the past year that was quite uh where we always end up with at least uh twenty-five to thirty five people for sure at each event. And um what I also realize is a lot of companies while they want to host and be generous of their time and money to make sure that people have food um, they might have had the location to host 30 people and 30 people doesn't sound a lot but uh, if you're a startup in a co-location that might be hard or a startup that just moved to their first uh, office space uh, you might have a like thirty people might be bigger than your whole company or a big portion of your company. So uh I had some discussion where people looking at the um uh, the number of RSVPs on a meetup page, and it's like, Hey, remember you told us that there should be around like thirty to forty people, then we look at meetup and then there's like 60 RSVPs, 70 RSVPs? no, 6 no I want not exaggerate, like 60 or 55 to 60 RSVPs. Are you sure that there's going to be only like 30 to 40 people? Because we only have spots for like say 35, maybe 40 if a couple of people stands up. Uh so yeah, that that has been a problem of like moving location for location. Uh you might have asked the best uh the best setup for presentation. I do feel that in general, like 10 companies, they are they have something at least decent to uh present slides and to a public um without sometimes with a microphone or without but yes i've seen that it is an other element that is added on the uh variable that is attended every month um so i mentioned weather uh, location is a big one, and also the talks. If I'm able to get the schedule early in the month and be able to tweet about the content, saying like, "Hey, this person will talk about this," are you? C- or I have like those typical like, "Are you curious what's going to be happen in this new tech?" Here's like Luca that is going to talk about ARKit. and like those types of things. People, if they're able to have a summary or just a title. Uh, yes, they can have the wrong assumption by just reading the title, but in general, uh it keeps them motivated and at least it would say, oh, I need to come this month because I'm really interested of seeing one presentation. So that kind of helps with those other variables. I kind of hope I answered your question. I kind of feel yes, yeah. but I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, you've pretty much answered it. Uh, have you ever had any like weird run-ins? Because I- I'm remembering my experience last summer trying to go to Google Japan and this office building was so ridiculous there were like weird elevators where you could only get off at of like odd or even floors and you'd have to connect to a different elevator and i think <laughs> i was there with my friend who works at google and we got lost in the elevators uh it was really weird did you ever have a weird location like that or
1: not that weird. I think what you describe is quite weird, but uh, our offices is a bit like that. Uh, meaning that I think after six, the door closes. So if you have an event, uh, and it's not because of us, it's really because of the uh, landlord in the building. They like they really want the uh, office door to be closed. So I know uh, we have a security person uh, that is badging it. That is more or less uh, their job for the first let's say hour is they stand in the lobby and they're just badging people so they can go to our office more or less uh, and i've seen that like making sure that um people have access to offices I, th- I think that's the the biggest issue is making sure you have people coming to an office after hours and people like it's a business right they want to keep some level of physical security in their offices because it's more or less like random people just coming in so you don't want something getting stolen uh never happened uh and random things like that touching wood that didn't happen so i'm quite happy
0: okay well those were pretty much my questions so i guess we can close the show now
1: yeah yeah yeah. so yeah like i said um if you're in montreal cocoedsmtl.com. Uh, i keep uh, the website as up to date as i can uh, we also have a twitter account i'll put everything that uh, everything on that on the show notes and of course um if you'd like to be uh, spam that, that that is always a comment that i like to make as a joke but another joke is that while uh, uh, if you join some of meetups.com groups you can find them quite spammy with emails uh but as an organizer, it's quite nice that they are spamming you with email. Uh, so uh, I don't think it's are spamming you. I, I'm, I'm a bit exaggerating and making a joke when I say that. But like, let's say when I post an event, the second it is posted, uh, you receive one email saying like, hey, there's a new event. So it's kind of harder for you to miss those details. Uh, I also send events to the community to the community making sure like hey here's a a week before a couple of days before here's the schedule of the night so hope to see you there and that's also a good opportunity for them to see what i was saying those summary those style to motivate
0: them and make sure that they uh they come
1: uh to our events
0: Cool. So if you want to find the show notes for this episode, you can go to limitlesspossibility.net slash 118. And, or you can find all of our episodes at limitlesspossibility.net. You can find the podcast on Twitter. We are at limipo underscore podcast. That's L-I-M-I-P-O underscore podcast. You can find us individually on Twitter. I am at Sakurina. That's S-A-K-U-R-I-N-A. And you can find Nicolas at
1: Luconus, that's l-u-c-c-o-n-o-u-c-h-e or you can find me tweeting for the events at Cocoa MTL, so c-o-c-o-a-h-e-a-d-s-m-t-l on twitter
0: I was expecting you to say something crazy like I'm on Mastodon now or something
1: <laughs> no no I'm taking this opportunity to also plug the Cocoheads Montreal <laughs> twitter account
0: fair enough see you in two weeks
1: See you in two weeks. Hopefully I'll have to play to Final Fantasy VII. Hopefully.
0: You better have to do your fucking homework.
1: <laughs> that would be a good moment just for me saying, I haven't done my homework. Bye bye. See you in two weeks.